challenges to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. somewhere, <laughs> but here in Middle America, Middle Southern America, it's 9 p.m., so good morning didn't seem appropriate. That was just really funny, and you talk about me getting into a routine, right? Right? You have a bit of a routine there, then. Well, I didn't know it until I opened yeah. my mouth and right. started talking. So welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. I am Tracy. And I am Leslie. And uh, every week we come together and just chat about what does it mean to say yes to spirit? How does saying yes to spirit affect what you do and how you do it? And all kinds of miscellaneous things. That is so true. And we've been doing this now about two years, right? Yes. Almost two years. No, more than two years. More than two years. More than two years. And what I love is that we just take various random topics and we... Look at how really every aspect of our lives, regardless of you know whether we think of it as a spiritual topic or not, this particular week we're talking about a spiritual topic, but in terms of many times it's just normal topics. So if you um, right. so spiritual topics are not normal. Yeah, by definition of what I just said, I think that yeah. <laughs> but what we're trying to do is make them normal because make them talk about, make them uh, more spiritual in the thinking. You know. or, or what we seem to find is that time after time, the reality is that everything is spiritual. Everything somehow relates to a spiritual principle or there is a practice, a spiritual practice you can use to address it. And so there is no no thing that is separated from spirit. And that's the reminder, I guess. Yeah. It's a reminder. It's a nice reminder to me each week. And so uh, what we are really aware of is that uh, we did the show for a year on Monday mornings, and then for the last year we've mostly done the show on Saturday mornings. And as we were coming up on our two-year anniversary uh, last month, we decided that we would experiment a little bit and Try doing the show at different times and on different days of the week just to see what that felt like. And so you may actually be listening for the very first time. This may be your first time where you were scanning Block Talk Radio and saw a show at 9 p.m. you'd never listened to before. And so if that's the case, we really want to welcome you. And I hope you'll stick with us during the rest of this hour. Um, but if you... um have not heard us before and you're curious, please check out the archives. There are over 100 shows there from the past that you can listen to and we invite you to do that. Every week we do have a theme and we also, before we get into that theme, talk about how today's theme might 
relate to our most recent previous theme. It Otherwise is one, known as connect the dot. Yes, it yes. is one of Leslie's <laughs> most favorite things to do, to connect the dots. So our last show was on service, service to the community, service to spirit, just service. And um, today's theme is spiritual community. So, Leslie, connect the dots. <laughs> that is far too easy. You know, I don't like to be too challenged, but this is not challenging enough. The idea of a service in a spiritual community, we did talk a lot last week about the spiritual community being the natural place that many of us begin to do some volunteer activity or to begin to get connected in the spiritual community by volunteering and doing service work is the way we really get to know people and really get to feel a more sense of family. Um, it was interesting to note that I think one of our guest hosts last week, Tracy was traveling, um, talked about how service is one of the core principles. What would we say? Core, one of the five core something, something significant of science of mind. At our particular center, mm -hmm. yeah, it's one of the um, one of the five spiritual practices, sacred service. Sacred service, five spiritual practices. And so that was kind of interesting that within the spiritual community it was such a significant thing for the Center for Spiritual Living at Dallas that they actually considered a service uh, a sacred practice. Yeah, it is really interesting, um, and I guess this is a good time for me to make this comment since I actually wasn't on the last show, um, that the idea of sacred service. I mean, I've been involved in other churches and other spiritual communities in my life, and you would hear ministries or you would hear volunteer yeah. opportunities. And it's not that we don't ever use either of those because actually we call our uh, volunteering sacred service ministry. And um, But it is interesting that I think this is the first place where it really sunk in uh, not just service, but sacred service. That it is a service is a way to show up that you know allows that connection, that spiritual connection, to be demonstrated by you in the world, you know, in physical form, and um, and yeah, that really connects also to as you already said how it, we build our spiritual communities. And that doesn't have to be in the in the walls of a church, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about more, I guess, as we get into the topic today of what is a spiritual community. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So anything else that connects the dots before we take a break? No, but I think next week we should try to make it a little bit more challenging. I think that'd be more fun. Okay. Not too challenging. I well, I, I will just Somewhere remind you that... Um, last week, you were really glad that Sherry Wood did such <laughs> an did a amazing job, job of uh, connecting the dots. Too hard. I like my porridge medium Or you really uh -huh. didn't, didn't do that. I'm not going to say you didn't do a great job. That's but, right, because you're a practitioner and you wouldn't say such a thing. But um, you did have a little challenge with it. So I think today was a balancing. I see. So trying to reestablish my my connecting the dots self-esteem. Okay, we'll take a break. <laughs> 
And we will be back in a minute, so grab uh, your favorite beverage or get up and stretch, and, and we will be back with Say Yes to Spirit. Encouraging you on your spiritual path. And today our theme is spiritual community. So, you know, maybe a good place to start is what are we talking about when we say spiritual community? And you said it's not just the walls in a church. You know, it's so funny. I always look at that little thing that you do growing up where you put your hands together and you put your fingers inside and you say, here's the church and here's the steeple, and then you open your hands up and you your fingers people. and then all the people. Uh, so I always considered doing. She's rolling her eyes at me. For those of you who can't I am closing see, my eyes and shaking my head. Her eyes. I thought it was a very good reference to my idea that the spiritual community is inside the church. That would be my original. That would be my knee-jerk thought. That the would be community church inside. Community. So, so now you're you're opening my eyes to the idea that a spiritual community might be beyond that. That I might have a spiritual community in my neighborhood or with my neighbors or with the women that I'd go and see in jail. Is that what you're saying? Trying to open my eyes, trying to trying to take me down. Well, I actually wasn't thinking about any of that, and I had no goal of doing anything. <laughs> but. That's why we want to start with how are we defining spiritual community because everyone who is listening also might have their own perception or assumption about what spiritual community means. I think it is really um, logical that most people would think, oh, you're talking about a church community. But, you know, we both know churches that don't necessarily fall under the label of spiritual, that, you know, they're religious and they're very um, focused on whatever their guidelines are, and people may or may not feel connected. And mm. so we often in on the show talk about spirituality being beyond any one given religion or any one set of beliefs that whatever religion you may practice, you can be spiritual in terms of really living the principles and all of that. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's that's a good thing for us to just spend five minutes on. 
So maybe I'm my own spiritual community in a way. Maybe I could take my spiritual community and create. You know, I um, I reference a lot of doing this work in the jail. I teach different classes, and the group that I work with is a non-secular. Does that mean it's not affiliated with any church, Tracy? Yes. Very good, Leslie. Okay, so I used the right word. So it's a non-secular. So it's not affiliated, which is very unusual. Uh, most of the groups that come into churches are affiliated with some sort of church. That didn't sound right. Most of the people that come into jails to work um, are affiliated with some sort of church, and we are not. And so um, we find ourselves when we're doing different groups and things, we'll use 12-step terminology of higher power uh, and uh, use make sure that we don't um, frame any kind of um, attaching kind of name to God. Or, and many of the women in jail have a, a Christian belief, and certainly they will talk amongst themselves about their um, personal religious Christian beliefs. But um, I thought the other night, I thought, and I actually talked about this in a group, how I said, y'all have created a spiritual, I don't think I used the word community, I think I said, I think I said a spiritual energy that y'all are very supportive, and regardless of what you're calling, your belief in God, because some of them say higher power, some say Jesus Christ, um, they all have a common language and, and a support for each other and their own belief in giving each time. Some will say, I'm going to go meditate. Some will say, I'm praying. And so I really affirm that they were allowing each other to have this spiritual connection and not have to have it centered on a certain certain language. And so that's an interesting, and I hadn't really thought about that, but I guess that would be kind of like they were forming a spiritual community there in the Dallas County Women's Jail. Yes. And, you know, I I think um, when I was thinking about to, the topic for today's show, I actually did think about how in 12 Steps, especially in 12-step programs especially, the reference to, you know, they're accepting that there is a higher power. Mm-hmm. And we know people who have come through 12 Step who will you know, be very clear that they react in a negative way to the word God. Either they're reacting to what they learned growing up or for whatever reason, and that, you know, will say, I find my higher power in the tree. Right. In nature. (laughs) Or, you know, when I take a walk every day. And so... It, I think your example of, of the women in the jail is a good one because there's definitely a spiritual community there even though many of the women represent different faith practices yeah. or belief systems, mm-hmm. but together they have formed a, um, a kind of a one-of-a-kind yes, yes. spiritual community. Um, and, and you, know, you know, folks who go to... 12-step programs and tend to go to the same meeting, yes. the same group all the time. Yes. That's a spiritual community. Yes. And, and you know, in 12-step, as you said, that let's say this is my spiritual family. Exactly. They'll use that term. I don't have thought about that. Spiritual family. This is my spiritual family. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, so I think that's that's just valuable for us to spend a few minutes there. So, throughout the rest of the hour, as we say, spiritual community, you know, we could be referring to an individual church that you are a member of, or an entire denomination that you are a member of. But it also could be something very different from that, where you feel supported. I think the thing that's mm-hmm. in common is that you do acknowledge that there is a higher power and that you do feel supported and you are supporting others. Mm. It's not just what you get. Yes. You know, like any other community, it's a reciprocity. Mm-hmm. What you get, but it's also what you give into that in your own generosity and in your own ability to share your talents and your gifts, not just your money. So, and would you say that um, that is also, not that we were going back to connect the dots, but that's a very similar thing that we talked about last week with service or whenever we volunteer, you know, you're not only giving, but you're really getting as you're giving. And I think as you say, that spiritual community really becomes alive when you get, when I get more involved and I find, you know, when I'm giving into the community, I'm getting so much more back out of. But you know it's funny um, because last in the last show that that was a common theme, and when we selected these topics, we didn't sit down and think, oh, will service lead into spiritual community? Will spiritual community <laughs> lead into prosperity, which is next week? Oh wow, I'm yeah. coming then. I'm staying then. <laughs> So it's like, you know, we just make a list and, you know, or Leslie will pick a few topics or Tracy will pick a few topics and we just write them down and we don't know until we get there, like, what's going to connect. But last week, Christine did share the story about how in the spirit of service and building out the building that our community is in now, um, that people wrote their names. Um, yeah, you know, on the, the wall, on the wall paneling before the the you know sheetrock went up, and and it's in the walls. Oh, well, I I can tell you, I visited Center for Spiritual Living, actually with the old name, in the old facility, mm. several times here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, like not several is too small. I mean, many times. Uh huh. And I never, even though it was a really small group of people, I really felt invisible and disconnected. Mm. That, you know, one or two people would say hello, but the eye contact kind of wasn't there, or they would be polite and courteous, but not really welcoming. Mm. And the first time I visited, once the the group had moved mm-hmm. to the building that we are in now. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's something really different. I, I actually said that out loud to myself. Wow. There's something really different. About these people now. About, like, this, this connection. That they and, and, of course, it was large. The space was larger and the space was beautiful. And there were m- more people because this was about a year after the, they had moved into the new oh, space. Okay. And they had grown, right? But there was something else that was really different. And now, I'm, you know, it took me about six months 
upcoming once a month or once every six weeks before it made it was clear to me. And what was different was this was a real community now. Before it was a place where different people gathered, and if you were part of kind of the the core group, they, you could tell they knew each other and they mm-hmm. felt like a community. But other people didn't, and new people or people visiting like me were, you know, hi, you know, we're glad to see you, but you didn't have that feeling. Mm -hmm. When I started coming back after the move, what made me clear it was a community is that people, you know, they had put blood, sweat, and tears into building out that space, Mm -hmm. and they had ownership, and they felt it was a part, that they were really a part of it. Yes. So when people would greet me, they would be like, I don't think I've met you before. Mm-hmm. You know, which is one of the lines that I now use mm-hmm. because, I, and I really mean it. You know, you don't look familiar as if I'm supposed to be able to know all the hundreds of people, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've met you before. My name is, mm-hmm. you know, and people were doing that, and that wasn't the case before. People mm-hmm. would look at you and they look to see if they recognized you, and if there was eye contact, then they would speak. But if, you know, you didn't look them right in the eye before they could look away, they would just look away. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and people actually sitting next to you going, I mean, and this, you know, is what happens in the community. You know, they actually ask you, you know, I I watch people now, if there's a first-time visitor, you you see people around them leaning forward and saying welcome Mm -hmm. or at the end of the service, you know, offering, Mm -hmm. you know, would you like me to take you over to hospitality or would you like a tour or do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. That sense of we see you, you are not invisible Mm -hmm. and I am here to support you, help you, welcome you. And that it's not just the job of the hospitality team or the minister or the practitioners or the greeters Mm -hmm. that we are a community and you are welcome to it. And I I think that word welcome, connecting with community, is what brings in the spiritual aura, the spiritual energy of it. because I I feel like um, I feel like I I'm involved in a couple of different volunteer organizations and um, you know I, I my neighborhood is is the old kind of neighborhood where people sit down on their porches and we all know each other and park our cars in the front of the house and you know really have a connection to each other so there's a sense of of community there and and I. I think that welcoming newcomers is really an interesting thing because it can be a community, but the sense of spirituality, I think, is really the test of it is is what happens when a new neighbor walks in or a new volunteer comes and how are we bringing them into the fold. And and all of the groups I'm associated with, I think they are very welcoming. So I think I feel that sense of spirituality flowing through it, but I can remember in the past being a part of things and having that same experience as you, and, you know, and I'm like, 
okay, I know I took a shower, you know, or, you know, maybe they don't like people with little baby booty bellies, you know. I, you know, I come up with all the reasons why I'm the one that's singled out, you know. And, um, and of course, it has to do with the, the, you know, the energy within the group. It has nothing to do with the person coming in. You know, that energy is established one way or the other. It's either welcoming and and um, spiritually connected or not. And but it is really fascinating how, Almost instantaneously, you can walk into a setting and either feel that sense of welcoming, sense of people really wanting to see, oh, cool, you're new. I know in al we always joke, the poor new people, we're like, so excited to see them. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> They're like, you know, oh my God, these people, you know, don't you have anybody else to talk to? Because we're just almost too excited to see new people coming in the door. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been <laughs> guilty of that a few times in different settings, and I, you know, afterwards will think, okay, Tracy, you know, <laughs> that person might very well be an introvert, and you just overpower them, and they will never come back. They'll never forget the welcome. That's it. Right. Right. They'll be like, no, I don't want to go here. These people are like, they're hugging everybody, and they're all in my Or maybe mm-hmm. a year. I don't know. Maybe it's a year. But it's a long time. 
where you have to go through, you know, doing what other people want you to do to prove yourself. And um, and then you get to be in the sisterhood. And to me, that's like the anti-spiritual community, you know what I'm saying? Because as you said, you know, the, the welcoming of the oneness and the just the natural uh, open arms of everybody, you know, regardless of what, their past experience or present belief or anything is connected to me, and there's no there's no hoop you have to jump through. There's no answer to a question you have to know. Um, you are just automatically granted access, full access, and that is such a different feeling than you know having to go through some sort of initiation or a fear that you know maybe maybe I'll do all this and then get rejected, and that's so like anti spiritual community. So, um, but now don't you say anything bad about my shorty because I'll get mad. I can say bad things about her, but don't you come there, my family. That's funny. But that may be the topic for a future show because, you know, I'm I'm still kind of stuck in the place of of you being in the <laughs> You know, there is, we should go back and we could do like a montage of all the like, not spiritual practitioner things you say to me, Tracy Brown. You and me just, that's not a very, and uh, I take that as a mean thing. <laughs> What do you think of when you think of a sorority girl? It's just a curiosity. (laughs) I cannot imagine you. You know, I even though I know you were not the you you are now Uh Uh back then, but the version of me. I can't imagine that. Yes, when they were telling you what you had to do, that you didn't like just flip them off. And go do what you want to do. Oh, yes, my desire to be desired. But that seeking approval. Mm -hmm. That seeking approval. And, you know, that really, you know, I think spiritual communities, there's a slippery slope there, in a way, in terms of um, finding a community that really is welcoming with everyone's authenticity and that doesn't have some sort of... um, element of people wanting to be, you know, liked by it or, um, you know, uh, one of the, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say like the inside something, but, you know, well, there's a what element Well, anytime we have human beings, mm-hmm. right. we have the human dynamic as an overlay to whatever the spiritual truth is. Mm-hmm. So we know that I mean, sometimes people may listen to the show because we do refer to Center for Spiritual Living or Centers for Spiritual Living or Center for Spiritual Living Dallas a lot because it is our commonly shared community. But the reality is it's not perfect either. And so, you know, while we can have a very positive experience overall, there is still a human element. So we know that there are some sacred service ministry teams where uh, people don't get along or that people are uncomfortable or that people, the same people are on that team for a long time and no new blood is coming in. 
And that doesn't make the overall community not a community. But it is possible. It would be possible for someone to come even now as a visitor mm. and not feel welcome. Not, not if they met me. Well, not if I saw them, saw them out. But that's what I'm saying. It's like it's possible mm-hmm. that even though I see consistently a pattern that is very welcoming or I'll notice somebody down the aisle welcoming someone, that doesn't mean it happens 100% of the time. And when we, um, you know, you and I, I think, are both, we have to be careful because we do know so many people and we are involved in so many things. You know, it's easy for somebody who's not involved in those things to think, oh, well, you know, you've heard people and you've even said it to me, oh, well, you're a practitioner and you know these things mm-hmm. or you know the inside story and, and I don't. It's like, no, I don't know any more than you do. You know, and then there are times when maybe I do, but it's not because, you know, it's like there's some parting of the light shining. It's just, no, I've been in ten meetings you haven't been in. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the idea of um, the business side of yeah. a spiritual community or, you know, uh, uh, the nuts and bolts of the human, like you're saying, the human element, the human um, humanness of the people, you know, involved in making the the day-to-day wheel turn Mm -hmm. is always, um, you know, it's kind of like the Wizard and the Wizard of Oz, you know, you kind of see behind the curtain. You go, oh, this is an organization or a business, just like every other organization or business. Right. And so that kind of makes me kind of get excited to go back to the idea of having a spiritual community in in kind of every little subset of communities I have. Or, you know... um, You and your four-legged children are a spiritual community. We're like a spiritual commune, aren't we? My little feral kitty communities. And... um, and it and it is an interesting. I think you know when we pose the question each week, how does saying yes to spirit affect what 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 we do with this topic? You know, if I'm saying yes to spirit, that I'm I'm going to be um, when I pull back the whatever what do they pull back in the Oz the curtain. It's a curtain. It's a curtain. Whenever I pull back the curtain and I see whatever I see, you know, my challenge is to stay in my Christ consciousness and to say, oh, well, okay, you know, so that makes sense. That's kind of where that person is right now, but not to get into the story and not allow my sense of spiritual connection, saying yes to spirit, keeping me in my grounded space. You know, that's always the challenge and not to become the one screaming out, you know, oh, look, he's just a tiny little man. I knew it. I knew it. What are you looking at me that way for? We've really got to get a camera. Really? After is, two years, it's like a bad marriage sometimes. I can just see your face. Such spiritual maturity. Or good marriage. And see, and there's a shock and awe look on her face. That is, like that, that is such so a shock and awe. Mature. Mm. You must be taking the inward journey. Yeah. You think that's it, huh? Well, I don't know. 
But that's the uh, that's isn't that the tagline for inward journey something something just your spiritual maturity is it is it and yeah that's another thing that we do a lot of at the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas is a lot of classes and that's a way that to form spiritual community is to is to have small classes because Tracy is right I'm involved in a thirty week class with uh, now. Eight people. We started out with ten, and we have eight people now. And so meeting weekly for 30 weeks, that's like an intense kind of experience. Which brings to mind, my sister in Virginia has met with her Bible study. She's a member of the Methodist Church up there. She's had a a Bible study in her home, and she said last week they just celebrated their 17th year. Wow. Of meeting together, a core group of six women, now, I would call yeah, that a definite spiritual community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I like that again as another example of if, if you know, if the assumption was we were by spiritual community that we were talking about what church do you go to? Right. I think there are lots of examples that are beyond the walls of a church. Mm-hmm. And that that's a perfect one. Even though they may all be members of the same church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those women meeting together, doing religious and spiritual study and discussion and mm-hmm. growth, right? and seeing being able to support each other through ups and downs mm-hmm. and changes and shifts, right? that is what spiritual community, in my opinion, is all mm-hmm. about. You know, this weekend that we are, you know, recording this, that we are doing the show, this is Holy Week and, you know, tomorrow is I just is love Good that, Friday. that we call this week Holy Week, but go ahead, yes. Yeah, and that it's, you know, Good Friday and Passover this year, that Good Friday and Easter and Passover are all overlapping, which doesn't happen often. Oh, really? This Passover weekend? Mm-hmm. So tomorrow is Good Friday, and it is also Passover. And, you know, the... the That's the, a Jewish holiday, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm getting smarter. And the Last Supper was actually... That was a Christian holiday, right? Well, the last... <laughs> well, no. Jesus was Jewish. Well, but now we've claimed it Jesus as Christian. Jewish. Jewish. Well, we get to call and it a so, Christian holiday now. The Last Supper was the Passover, the Seder meal, and it was, you know, it was on a Friday, and so, well, uh, if you can believe any dates or times. Well, then it would always be the same time, then. If the Last Supper is Passover, the Last Supper is always Good Friday, isn't it? I, yeah, I don't know. Is what I'm saying making any sense? No. Well, kind of. So Passover in the Judaism, last in Judaism mm-hmm. again, Judaism doesn't use the the Gregorian calendar, so the the day shifts oh, from year to So the year. Last Supper may not but, be, but in the Last Supper Christian time, but it is this year. Interesting. You know that. I know you. Really know that goes back to this whole really, idea that we make this stuff up. I'm really sensitive yeah. about that. Religions get to make up all these days and no, act like they no, know no. what they're talking about. Christianity. Christianity is the only one that does that. It has set dates related to pagan festivals and reclaim them or rename them. 
acclaimed them or renamed them, but the days celebrated in Judaism and Islam and the lunar system, the Chinese New Year and the lunar system, you know, they that's the reason they change from year to year, but we pretty much like have them set. Oh, I see. Cause the oh, I see. But so, but the 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 Holy Week. Go back to your original thought while I try to breathe, thinking that they just made up. But there was the Last Supper. Was was that? Did that really the last happen? Supper was on Seder dinner, and um, but see now I have completely forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here Holy Week. What was the point that Holy I was going to make Holy about Week. that? You're going to say something about Holy Week. Into the Holy Week. Well, I completely lost it. So, you know, those of you who have listened to us before <laughs> know that um, we go with the flow, and sometimes that means we lose the place from which we started. So, um, are there Holy any. Holy Week. Well, I have a story about Holy Week. But does it relate to spiritual community? Yes, it does. So may I tell it? Does it really? Or are you just Yes, it really it? does. No, it really does. Okay, listeners, do you believe her? <laughs> yes, they do, Tracy. Brown, okay. spiritual practitioner, R-S-P-C-H-F-L. What are those initials after your name? Um, I guess it was about 10 years ago now, 10 or 11 years ago, I was going to a, I guess it was probably a pseudo-Catholic church, wasn't really a Catholic church, but they held to some Catholic um, principles or you know um, uh, traditions, and so they had Holy Week services. They had service every night between mm-hmm. Palm Sunday and, and Easter. And I had never Methodist, grown up Methodist. You know that when we didn't do anything like that. Um, but we did get little palm branches at Methodist. They gave us a little, you know, pine tree on Palm Sunday. You know, I think they were really pine tree things, but but. Anyway, that was pretty much all the Methodists did. But but they had services every night. And I was sort of new to that church. And I went to services every night. And that was the experience that I got to know people because there was less people. There were probably six or 700 people that came to church every Sunday. And the week to that Holy Week, there were probably, you know, maybe 100, even less on some. And we went through, in theory, what they said. I guess you now thinking they may have made it all up, but they walked through the last week of Jesus's life yes. and had services on each kind of. Because I guess there's, you know, there was some purpose in Jesus's understanding. He knew what was coming up, and so he each day of that week had a symbolic something. And we even on the last night washed each other's feet, which I didn't really prepare for. And was terribly ashamed by, but. Um, other than that, it was a deeply spiritual time. And I can remember thinking, wow, you know, just really connecting with these people every day and seeing them. I mean, we really, and so the, probably the core 100 or 75 they did every day, you know, one day it'd be, you know, 200 would come, and then another night, you know, there'd be 50 of us. But, you know, there was really a core, probably about 75 that came every night. And those 75 of us, really connected in a way that then we really, you know, I kind of had my little spiritual community within that larger, the next Sunday when we were 700 people, I was like, oh, you know, I like this place. So that was interesting. Holy week. I hadn't thought about that in a long, long time. So does that meet the criteria? Did I my, did my story pass? 
It uh, was what? You said it had to be about spiritual community. It was about spiritual community. Okay, thank you. I liked my story. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so question. Are there times when you should avoid spiritual community? You should avoid spiritual community. Wow, is that one of our questions? When you should avoid Why might you avoid being part of a spiritual community? Oh, why community? might? Well, I might avoid it if I'm feeling, you know, um if my Buddha belly's, you know, causing me to feel insecure or if I'm feeling not lovable or if I'm feeling, you know, less than or, you know, not a part of the group. So a lot of people, yeah, say that they um and then it's about them. It's not about the community. Right. They could go to any community or any group, and that group would not work because they don't want to be a part of right. it. Right. They're not, um, yeah, feeling that they they don't expect to be welcomed or they right. don't want to be welcomed or approached. Um, so that that definitely. But I'm thinking more of if you are looking for a community. Why might you avoid being a part of a spiritual community? Not exactly sure where that goes. I mean, it's like you could, um, well, you might avoid being a part of a particular spiritual community if it's not a match for you in mm-hmm. terms of your spiritual belief, mm-hmm. of course. And you're clear it's not about, you know, your own self-image or your own self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um I can imagine going to a church and I really, in fact, I there are some churches that I used to visit fairly regularly, but I knew I could never really fit into that community because the theology mm-hmm. was so different. It was about punishment and mm-hmm. condemnation mm-hmm. and things that I really don't believe in. Mm-hmm. So I could visit there, but I would never... You know, I would never really be an integral part of that mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the where the spiritual beliefs are not in alignment. You know, in twelve um, step programs, part of the ending, they'll say, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, you may not see the welcome we already feel for you. We encourage you to attend six meetings before making a decision whether or not Al-Anon is for you. Right. And so the idea of attending six meetings or going to different groups, I think, is that same kind of idea that, you know, if there's a, not a, a sense of, you know, um, resonate, you know, if I'm not resonating with this particular group, don't give up on the philosophy or don't give up on Al-Anon, go to a different group. So if, you know, a church community doesn't feel right, don't give up on finding a church community, kind of keep on the hunt, keep on the search. Right, if you're looking for a community. You know, for for 20 years, actually more than 20 years, I actually did not, I was not seeking a structured, consistent, one community. Um, and I had very, very deep spiritual practices and a lot of discipline around my spiritual practices but I preferred to study on my own, and I really didn't. You know, it's funny now, the surveys they've been taking over the last five to 
to eight years. Well, they've been taking them for a long time, but the results about people who identify themselves as spiritual mm-hmm. but not religious yes. um, have grown so much yes. in the last ten years. And um, I think the last the last results last year reflected 39% or something like that of people who identify themselves as spiritual and not religious and another... 20% that identified themselves as, um, you know, not attending a church, because mm-hmm. I think the total between those two was right at 60%. Oh, wow. And it's it's funny that, you know, those are folks who are not looking for a spiritual community. Um, and I wasn't looking, really, for a spiritual community when I became involved in this one. And now I can look back and see how I was following my intuition, and on a conscious level, I wasn't looking, but it was time. Right. And what would be the, you know, I do think there's a lot to be said um, for finding a a connection with people that kind of can take us to that deeper level, you know, I I'm very much of an extrovert. If people haven't figured that out, so I need that stimulus and that you know some place to go and some place to be you know entertaining, and uh, uh, that feeds me like heroin feeds some people. But um, there is a sense of um, sort of a sense of accountability. I don't know if that's the right word. You know my favorite word, but you know once you get involved in a community, you know if you're not there, you know somebody's gonna call you up in a couple of weeks and, you know, say, where are you? You know, that sense of being looked after, you know. I don't have a partner or, or, you know, I don't have children. And so being, you know, knowing there are four or five people that would really probably make notice if I wasn't there for two or three weeks in a row, that to me, you know, that is a family. And so, you know, I think I guess at some point, you know, the spiritual community is, is sort of a, a loose-knit group of people working together or, you know, coming together to to to, to have some sort of um, spiritual experience. And then, you know, how does it mature to that point of really becoming an integral part of a life and becoming a family and becoming somewhere that, oh, my gosh, I've got to go see Sally Sue, you know. I know Sally Sue's going to be there and I just missed her. You know, that feeling of really a desire to, you know, be with somebody. Yeah, and I'm laughing because today was a great example, of, or this week has been a great example of that for me in two ways. First, I'll go in, in reverse order. So today I had lunch with someone who, at the beginning of the week, I was or over the weekend, I was like, you know what? I have not seen you. I've uh-huh. seen you. I've seen you in passing. And I just need to know what's going on with you. And nice, you know, so... Like, when can I take you to lunch? And we scheduled lunch for Thursday, today. And um, But it is that kind of thing of, oh, I'm, I'm so used, or for years, mm-hmm. for two years, I would see this person, like, every Sunday just about, you know, like wow. 48 Sundays out of 52 <clears throat> in, the, in the course of a year. And then we are doing different things, and so I don't get to see this person that much, and and it is that wow, I, I actually miss this person, and 
I texted someone today because of the same thing. It's like I haven't seen her in four weeks. And even a couple of things where usually we run into each other, she wasn't there. I'm like, no, uh-uh. I need to make sure that mm-hmm. she's okay. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. It's, that's the that's the way that community starts showing up where you know you are part of a community. When people are reaching out to you mm-hmm. or you are reaching out to others right. just because you haven't seen them or the pattern has changed. Right. The other the other um example and I of community showing up is, you know, anybody listening, if you don't know that Leslie and I are based in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So two days ago there were thirteen oh, tornadoes. Right. I have had more phone calls, texts, emails, you know, people just reaching out to say, Are you okay? from all over the US. Mm. I've heard from more people in forty eight hours nice. than I've heard from like, you know, in forty eight months. It's I died. Yeah, right. All into you know, and people who I, I've actually been it's been interesting who some of the people he, are. He didn't even know they knew you anymore. You know, or or would care enough to Oh, like you that crazy? Yeah. You know, they might be curious, or I mean, I can think of dozens of people who was something I heard on the news. You know, there was an earthquake or a tornado or hurricanes or whatever that I would it would cross my mind. Oh, I hope I wonder if they're okay. I might say a prayer for you know the fact that they are okay, but I don't know that I would. I mean, some of the people who you know called, especially called her or. Um, or texted, or it was they texted. They have my cell phone number, so I'm uh-huh. not too surprised about the text. Uh-huh. People have my cell phone, yeah. But um, you know, just it's been really interesting. The people who have asked, or who have posted on Facebook, or who have that's nice. Called. Yeah, it is, and that's Nobody I think what happens. Me. In that sense, you, your spiritual community really can be not just outside of four walls, but might be worldwide. All right. It might be a network of people with whom you are so connected that the spirit and the energy and the power and the presence of God itself is what binds you together. Yes, it's way beyond the walls. I agree. Did you miss the part and nobody called me? No, well, that's not really true. That's not true. That's but, not really but, true. My, but my, my fact. My head is, it, it, it went nice. for the effect. Yeah, it was good, too. I did, I did once, my sister called me who lives in D.C., and it was a very cute call. She's a, um, she's a, she's a very, she's a nurse, and she's very good in tragedy. And she had this nurse tone that I never really hear, but I, when I answered the phone, I was at home, and the siren was going off, but that pretty happens pretty routinely in Dallas. Not just taking a shower. I was getting ready for a client to come to my house, and my sister called, and I said, "Hey," and she said, "Leslie, where are you?" I said, "I'm at home." And I noticed it. She said, "You need to take shelter. There is a tornado coming to your house." I'm like, "You're in Washington D.C. How do you know that?" <laughs> she was watching on CNN, I guess, and they had tracked this 
So I didn't have the TV on. I, you know, really the sirens go off quite routinely in Dallas. This you know? time of year. Yeah, this time of year. So I thought that was hysterical that, you know, Washington, D.C. is calling me to take shelter. And have you ever tried to put 74 cats in a bathroom? It's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it is that, that reaching out, that is true. And I noticed that I reached out to all of my friends here. You know, I sent texts. And my you know, other sister who lives here actually had a friend whose home was destroyed in Forney. But um, you didn't send me a text. I did too. Yes, I did, Tracy Brown. Yes, I did. I sent everyone in my book a text, so you had to get a text. Unless the electronics doesn't work. I love you. Perhaps my text got put aside with all the people that he really was surprised by. No, but I definitely sent you a text. Perhaps Sprint has a tower that's out because there is someone else from Atlanta today who sent me an email saying, I have sent you two texts. Wow. And to see if you're okay. And now I'm really getting worried oh, because I haven't heard from mm-hmm. you. And she sent me an email. And I'm like, I don't have any text messages see, from see. you. So Sprint must have towers that are knocked out. And when their towers come, even though I'm getting phone calls, mm-hmm. there must be something. And when they come back online, I'm no telling <laughs> how many text messages are backed oh, up. Oh, that's right. You'll get them, won't you? Yeah, because they're in the queue now. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's going to be even more interesting. It'll be like Christmas. I will get to see how just how big my spiritual community really is. You know, I'm thinking now, if I'm sitting out there and I don't have a spiritual community, I'm thinking how, you know, because we've made it sound very important and very enlightening and very, you know, significant. So how would one, certainly if you live in an urban area, you know, there's churches all around, but if there's not one that you resonate with, how to make connections online with people? I don't know so much some, about that. Yeah, some folks know that I'm a Suzanne Evans fan, and um, one of the things that she says to people, it, she's talking about marketing your business, which is what she does. She teaches people how to market their business and start a new business. But one of the things that she says that really applies here is she says, you have to get out of your house. You know, like, you have to get out of your house. Um, So I think that's important that you just go out and you try. But, yes, you could stay in your house. There are all kinds of churches that um, do their services online. You could begin to see what kinds of things you like and then see if they have a connection in your city Mm. or a similar church in your city. You could also be on, you know, Facebook. Or there are all kinds of groups on mm. Facebook and on LinkedIn that are really connected. And so you can have online communities as well. You could, you know, Unity has things online. All the denominations have Facebook pages. and That would be an interesting homework assignment if you don't feel like you have a community to make this the week you either get out of your house or, you know, investigate that a little bit online. I think that's a great idea. And believe it or not, our time is just about completely up. So um, another fun conversation about saying yes to spirit. And next week we'll be back talking about prosperity. Love it. Yeah. It'll be an easy, fun topic for us. But until then, say yes Yes to spirit. 
Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.